you all, so this goes to you and to the team for all the hard work we put in day in and day out. <laughs> we about to get it in, baby. Let's get it. Welcome to Our Kind of Pod, a special UW football-themed episode of the Boyd Meets World podcast. Today's guest is Lauren Kirschman. Lauren is the Dogs beat writer for the Tacoma News Tribune, and she's been covering this Husky team since after the Auburn game last year, as I found out mid-podcast. Lauren was a pleasure to have on, and she had great insight into Hainergate and the whole quarterback competition this year, as well as a look at who might be poised for a breakout on this year's Husky team. Uh, we talked a little bit about Chris Peterson's Yeezys. Very fun conversation, uh, very informed. Loved having Lauren on. Listen to Lauren next, and then stick around to the end of the show for some of your boys' takes on how this season is going to go. Thanks to Lauren for coming on, and thank you for listening. All right. Uh, I am here with Lauren Kirschman, the UW football and basketball beat writer for the Tacoma News Tribune. Uh, Lauren, the number of jakes in your life is dwindling. How are you handling it? You know, I'm I'm doing all right so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you for coming on to talk about this season. It's already been a bit of fun one, at least in the last week, just in the the quarterback carousel. But I'm curious, uh, what brought you from from Penn Live out to the uh, to the News Tribune? Yeah, um, I was looking to get back into covering colleges. It was always what I enjoyed doing the most, and I was also looking to move to the West Coast. And I knew I really like Seattle. Um, so when this job popped up, um, it was an immediate uh, apply for me, and it ended up working out. So I've been really enjoying my time out here so far. There we go. What's uh, What's been your favorite uh, Seattle revelation so far? I mean, I think it's that people tend to over-exaggerate how much it rains. I don't yes. think it rains that much. Um, I do come from Pittsburgh, which is like the second most rainiest city in the United States. So maybe... Yeah. My perception is skewed, but uh, it definitely hasn't been as bad as I expected. Yeah, I did the opposite. I grew up in Seattle and now live out in Boston. And so that's definitely the most common question as soon as I tell people that I'm from Seattle. And uh, I get the, the, the nice job of informing them that they are uh, a little wrong on that assumption that it just rains all the time here. <laughs> um, but yeah, Husky Hit fans yeah. are, are super happy to have you. Um, thank you for all your coverage. And uh, let's let's get into it. Uh, I, I wrote the, the questions for this interview uh, as soon as you agreed to do it, and I got to admit this is the fourth iteration of some sort of Eason Hainer question to start this because of all the <laughs> things that have changed over the last few days. Uh, it really does seem like Jake Hainer wanted to play college football, and the best way to do that quickly was to go outside of Seattle once he lost the job. Uh, I know your access to, to practices was was limited, uh, but did you have the same assessment Chris Peterson had that that it was really splitting hairs between Hayner and Eason? Um, I don't think I would go as far as Chris Peterson did. I definitely think Hayner made it a competition. I think a lot of people were saying that it wasn't really a competition. A lot of fans thought it was just Peterson kind of playing games. But from what we saw at practice, I mean, Jake Hayner was making it a legitimate battle um, with Jacob Eason. But in the five I think we saw about five practices of fall camp um Hayner was uh the one that was throwing interceptions Easton was more consistent and surely his arm strength is there and I think it just came down to the the ceiling a little bit where you know that Jacob Easton's ceiling is going to be higher and I think that might have tipped the scales I think that Jacob Easton really started to pull away in fall camp as opposed to spring how would you characterize uh, Eason kind of 
outside of the the quarterback part of it, does he seem to have, obviously his equity with this team might be a little bit different than Hayner, given that he was a transfer. Uh, does he kind of vibe or gel with, with the team uh, in the same sort of way that Hayner might, uh, just from your estimations? Yeah, I think um, all quarterbacks are going to be a little bit different. Um, this is actually something I talked to Bush Hamden about a little bit, um, just because Eason is on the quieter side. He's very laid back, um, chill. Even his high school quarterbacks coach said that vocal leadership was something they tried to encourage from him more, especially as they went off to college. But Bush Hamden said that he likes to encourage quarterbacks to lead in their own way. And I think that Jacob Eason has really found a way to do that. He's not going to be the most vocal guy. He's not going to be fiery like Jake Browning was. He's much more of a calmer, laid back kind of guy. And I think he's found a way to connect the team in that way. And I think he's certainly earned their respect from his play. And I think that went as far back from last season when he was running the scout team. Um, A lot of those guys would talk about, going against him there and just how he was able to sometimes just carve up their defense. So I think he started earning respect with his play, and I think he's really fit in nicely. And I think having last year, even when he wasn't playing, just being around the team and being able to gel with them then really helped. Seems like a pretty easy diagnosis for the Husky shortcomings last year. Lack of big plays on offense, couldn't get the ball back really on defense. There was a stated effort by coaches this year to create more of those splash plays on on offense and takeaways and pressures on defense. How have you seen that play out uh, this spring on and fall on both sides of the ball? Yeah, I mean, I think you have definitely seen them um, launching downfield more to the wide receivers, spotlighting them, giving them a chance to go up and make plays. And that's something that um, everybody has talked about offensively, really just giving them the opportunity to go up and make plays that they sometimes didn't get last year. So I think the big question offensively for this team will be whether those receivers can go up and make those plays, um, whether they can kind of take that next step forward. Uh, That's something that Chris Peterson was actually asked about today. Just the depth of this wide receiver group seems like it's really there. But he said the question for them now is what does the next step look like? Can they continue to improve? Can they really help uh, open up this offense? So I think that'll be the biggest thing. We definitely saw some impressive plays um, in the practices we were able to watch. Um, lots of big plays on the sidelines. Guys like Ty Jones, Chico McClatcher had a great spring and a great fall. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not those receivers can really come down with those balls this year and make those plays. And then on defense, it seems like uh, a lot of the end of season last year was kind of hoping for Joe Tryon to play this kind of hero role to, to save the pass rush by himself. Uh, how has that developed this year? And, and are there more, does, does it seem like there's more of a, the cabinet is more full uh, of players who are capable of filling that pass rushing role? I think so. And I, I know that they've put a real strong emphasis um, during the offseason, the outside linebackers especially have put such an emphasis on improving that pass rush and um they kind of took it personally last year that their their low sack count that's something they tried to turn around and i think joe, joe tryon is going to play a really big role in that but i think Ariane Lagata is another guy um that could really uh, help those numbers and help bring that pressure um he's just such an impressive athlete and if he can really get it going i think he's a guy that could get to the quarterback so it's going to be interesting to see um, how those guys come together. But I expect a really big season from Joe Tryon kind of leading the way. And I think you'll see some improvement uh, from the pass rush this season. So a lot of talent uh, is gone from last year's team, especially on defense. In that Ohio State game, we saw just how a defense without Taylor Rapp, uh, just one of those players not being there, can be exploited. 
big names are gone, but how big is that that kind of qualitative distance? How does it look uh, defensively different where you had so much talent there last year uh, to how it is this year? You know, I just think it, it sounds a little cliche, but it's almost like they reloaded. Obviously, it's going to be hard to replace, especially in the secondary, the caliber of guys that they lost. Um, but they have such talent there available in that secondary that they kind of just slotted new guys in. Um, you've got a true freshman who's going to be starting. The first one since Taylor Rapp um, and Cameron Williams. He'll be a starting safety on Saturday. Um, you've got guys like Keith Taylor, who played a lot last year. Of course, Miles Bryan and Elijah Golden are back. And then you've got a redshirt freshman in Kyler Gordon, who will be starting at quarterback. And then you got some other freshmen and, other, and redshirt freshmen there on that depth chart that maybe lack the experience that they had last year but certainly have the talent um so i think you're going to see a really athletic secondary and um i think guys are people are really going to enjoy watching uh cameron williams uh this season he was impressive all, even from the spring when he first got on campus and then through fall camp so he's going to be a fun one to watch for sure it's a perfect segue because you wrote a really cool story there about uh about cam williams uh, you talked to his high school coach uh, he vaulted right over Brandon McKinney. Uh, McKinney started in the Rose Bowl, but it seemed like Williams, once he got there in spring, just kind of took the job, ran with it. What set him apart despite his youth? Yeah, I think um, it's what Jimmy Lake and Chris Peterson have talked about about him. Um, not only does he have a ton of talent, which he does, but he just was never overwhelmed when he got to campus. They said he really just knew what he was doing, kind of understood everything, just transferred it straight to the field. He was never under overwhelmed. He never seemed confused. And they just talked over and over again about how rare that is for a true freshman, especially one coming into the secondary. Um, so he really just set himself apart. He put in the extra work. Um, senior Miles Bryant in that same story talked about how he was constantly running into Cam Williams in the weight room, in the training room, putting in extra practice, watching extra film. So he kind of got to campus and just threw himself into it, and it really paid off for him. So uh, with uh, with the big hire, I think uh, this this from from last year's team to this year's team, um, they kept Bush Hamden. There was some talk of whether that was going to be the case, whether he would stay or not. But bringing Junior Adams in um, has seemed to have some some early returns that are positive. He seems to be fitting in well, as Chris Peterson talked about the other day. Uh, but how would you characterize his effect uh, that he's having on the receivers and on the team as a whole? Yeah, I think he's just a guy that really connects well with his players. I think if you talk to any of his receivers, that's what they would say first and foremost. He just really has a great connection with all of these guys. He makes it fun. Um, you could tell um, out there during practice when we were able to watch it that they're having a good time. Um, so I think that first and foremost, it's that. And I think that's what made him such a good recruiter immediately for this team. Um, and then a lot of Playing-wise, I think what you're going to see is a lot more focus on blocking um, this year for the receivers. That's something that he puts a lot of emphasis on during practice. Um, so I think you're going to see that pay dividends for them on the field. But overall, I think he just really has built um, a really great connection with his receivers in a short amount of time. And it'll be interesting to see how that translates uh, to what they're able to do on the field. So those receivers uh, might be biting at the chance to get into Miles Gaskin's 281 touches that, to be had from last year's team. <laughs> um, Savon Ahmed had less than half of that for, for what he was working with last year. Do you expect uh, Ahmed's role to be very similar to Gaskin's as he's just kind of the lead back? Or is it going to look different in that backfield some more, more time for, for Sean McGrew and Kamari Pleasant? 
I think a little of both. I don't expect Ahmed to get the same amount of carries Gaskin got, at least not immediately, unless he proves that um, he deserves them or that they cannot give them to him. Um, I expect him to get the majority. I expect him to be the lead back. Um, but I also think you're going to see a lot from Sean McGrew. Um, and I think they're going to work Kamari Pleasant in there too. And I think McGrew's carries will definitely go up from last year at least. Um, so I expect that they're kind of going to play with it, mess around with it a little bit, um, see what works for them. I don't think that they necessarily know yet what's going to work with them for them without Gaskin. Um, Chris Peterson always says that's the hardest position to evaluate in practice. Mm-hmm. And he said that that's competition that's kind of going to be constantly open. Um, so I think for them, it's going to be figuring out what works, whether that's more carries rock or less carries for him. Um, but regardless, I think you'll see him as the lead back. So the two deeps came out today uh, ahead of the Eastern game. And I'm wondering what you were most surprised by uh, in that depth chart. You know, there weren't too many surprises um, for me overall. I was kind of surprised to see Chico McClatcher listed as a starter at wide receiver. It wasn't a huge shock, um, but I kind of expected Ty Jones to be on one of those lines. Um, But I think that, you'll see maybe him come back when he's 100% healthy. I think he might still be dealing with some hand strength issues. Um, I thought Benning Patua might be on the, on the starting line. But again, I think those guys are going to be rotating so much that it's really not going to matter too, too much who the actual starter is. But overall, I don't think there were too many surprises um, by what we saw. Uh, I was a little surprised that, there were so many young guys that are listed in the secondary. Um, I kind of expected Isaiah Gotris, who's a junior, to be in one of those backup spots. Mm-hmm. But you got Trent Mendoxy, a freshman there instead. Um, so those are some minor surprises, but nothing too, too huge. So comparing this fall camp to last year's fall camp, where all the preparation was going towards playing Auburn and Atlanta versus this this time it's playing Eastern and Seattle. Not that uh, Eastern is to be taken lightly whatsoever. Uh, anyone who watched them play a Pac-12 team over the last few years knows that. Does it feel less tense this fall than it did last year? That's hard for me to say because I actually didn't get here until after the Auburn game last year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> the time I came, they were uh, kind of rebounding from the Auburn loss, but uh... <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. So, so uh, obviously, it's uh, a different, uh, different caliber of opponent there to prepare for. So, so curious to see how how that looks and if they they feel less or more relaxed because it took them a while to get going in that Auburn game uh, to start the season. Um, all right, let's let's kind of end this with just some fill in the blank, um, real r- quick, or as much uh, you know you, as we want to give to these answers here. But what was your reaction when you saw, or did you see, the day in the life of Chris Peterson video? <laughs> um, I think I had a similar reaction to uh, Christian Capel, who writes for the Athletic, um, who said that the when the moment of Chris Peterson on the boat in his hat talking about how he wished he could drive uh, to work every day was pure dad mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty funny to see <laughs> Chris Peterson in that element. Do you believe him that those are actually his Yeezys? I do. I do believe him. Um, he actually talked about those a little bit uh, with some of the local media at Media Day. So either he's really invested in the lie or <laughs> they're actually his Yeezys. Yeah, committed to it. <laughs> Uh, all right, a name Husky fans <laughs> a name Husky fans might not be thinking about now uh, that will be a big part of this year's story by the end of it uh, is blank. 
Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I am going to go with Terrell Bynum, um, who's listed as a backup wide receiver. Um, I think that he has the potential to make some big plays um, offensively. Those big plays we were talking about um, that Washington is really going to want to see from their receivers. Saw a few from him um, in the spring, and I think he's healthy and ready to kind of make an impact as a sophomore. So I think that he could potentially break open a few plays, a few key plays this season. All right, this kind of piggybacks off of this, so we'll really see what your uh, Terrell Bynum confidence is here. But blank leads the Huskies. <laughs> blank leads the Huskies in receiving yards in 2019. Oh, I I like him, and I think he's going to make some big plays. But I am going to go with Aaron Fuller. I think he is the leading wide receiver again. Outside of Jacob Eason, the Husky whose injury would most cost this team is blank. Hmm, that's another good question. I'm going to say, let's see. I'm going to say Nick Harris, um, just because he's such an experience there at center, and I think he's really a huge key for that offensive line. And so while they have talent behind him and guys that are certainly capable behind him, I think his presence and his steadiness there is really, really key um, for the offense. So I'm going to go with Nick Harris. Good call there. Uh, Your favorite story you've done about covering the Huskies uh, is blank. You know, there's been a few, but um, maybe it's because I just finished it. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed talking to uh, Chico McClatcher and Junior Adams about their relationship and their backstory and how Junior Adams recruited him to do two different schools. And then they finally ended up together at Washington and um, talking about how Junior Adams really helped him uh, get back on the field this season. Um, so I think the relationship between the two of them is really interesting, and I enjoy talking to them about it for sure. Awesome. Uh, the game you're most excited to cover this year is blank. Um, I think it would be either Oregon or Utah. Um, I think I'm going to go with the game against Utah. Um, I think Utah is a really good team and I enjoy watching their defense and I enjoy watching uh, Washington and Utah's defenses play each other, even though that usually means there's not a lot of points on the board. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I think I would pick Washington, Utah for the one I'm most looking forward to. There you go. Um, well, thank you so much, Lauren, for doing this. Uh, can you tell everybody where to find you uh, so they can read your stuff this year? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lauren Kirschman, and then you can also find my work at thenewstribune.com. Awesome. Uh, yeah, there's a great lineage of beat, rep- beat writers at the TNT. You mentioned Christian Capel, uh, Ryan S. Clark. You're continuing it. Uh, very much appreciate your coverage, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yep. Take it easy. All right. Take time. It is... Uh, a few days before the start of the 2019 season, starting the season with Eastern, uh, as the Huskies did when I was a freshman in college. Uh, that was my very first game as a student at, at UW. Uh, that was a fun one. Uh, Desmond Trufant ended up having a big pick in that game to seal it. Um, it was hot. Uh, I was drunk at a game for the first time. All kinds of fun stuff going on. Hopefully, it's uh, it's not that uh, not that tense on Saturday. Hopefully, we learn a lot. Hopefully, we see a lot of uh, exciting developments about uh, about this year's team. 
Let's uh, let's break this down. Um, I think a lot of what Lauren said about you know the Sears team being more focused on big plays has a lot to do with their decision to ultimately go with Eason. I think Eason probably outplayed Hayner. Lauren talked about that a little bit. Uh, it was refreshing to hear Lauren talk uh, in that way where she thought Eason had truly outplayed Hayner and that uh, she was able to see that in the limited practices she was able to see. Uh, anyone who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about uh, about how that whole quarterback situation was breaking down. It was also really refreshing to hear Jake Hayner on uh, Softy's show on 950KJR in Seattle uh, talk about his process for why he wanted to do this. Uh, and I came away really impressed that uh, he was able to do that, that he wanted to have you know some some say in this and be totally transparent. Thank Husky Nation, all that good stuff. But I think at the end of the day, the dude really just wanted to play and uh, didn't owe anybody anything. Uh, didn't need to stay at the UW to just stay at the UW. Um, and I, I'm fine with it. Go get yours. Um, and I wish him well. And I think Jake Hayner, quarterback, Oregon State Beavers, has a really nice uh, ring to it. Sign me up. Anyways, uh, this whole quarterback situation also, I think you got to understand that everything is probably in a vacuum. If Colson Yankoff stays, uh, if Jacob Sermon doesn't almost leave, uh, I don't know if this is such a big deal. I don't know if Chris Peterson goes out of his way to say to the media that that, that Jake Hayner is going to play uh, and make the point that he that he deserves to do that. Maybe he does, uh, but there's obviously some some politics in that and some some placating and some uh, some uh, appealing to to egos and personalities uh, that you do that might be different when there's three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks in your. Uh, in your world, in your uh, depth chart, than than if there is just two or three, as there is now. But I'm glad that this quarterback situation has some resolution, and that the whole splitting time aspect of it uh, doesn't linger into this season. Because uh, for better or for worse, that aspect of last year, the last two years, really um, has kind of made it not the best situation to be a Husky quarterback. Looking at this year's schedule, I am very excited, very anxious. There's going to be some absolute nail biters this season. I think that Cal in that second game is a really, really, really good test. Uh, but then at Stanford, home against Oregon, at Arizona, home against Utah, and the Apple Cup should all be really, really entertaining games this year. Um, ones that, that should be some of the best in the Chris Peterson era, I would think, between the, uh, or based off of the lack of disparity in talent between, uh, between us and those two teams. Last year's barometer game was that Auburn game. You knew right away the type of ceiling this Husky team had as soon as they couldn't get it done against Auburn. All their flaws were on display that became evident throughout the rest of the year. It's going to be Cal this year. Cal is not on the same, talent level as Auburn was, but uh, you have a week to prepare after the Eastern game for the best defense in the conference, uh, a team that held you to 12 points last year or to 10 points last year, uh, and a team that has absolutely no qualms beating its chest and saying they can kick your teeth in as Cal did uh, after the uh, the Husky win uh, in that very, very ugly game last year. So I think we'll learn a lot about this year's team as soon as that Eastern game goes. You'll see how this is going to kind of look. Uh, but hopefully that's a game that's over by the by the second or third quarter. That Cal game is going to be a much, much different story. Given these these close games that are almost certainly going to happen, uh, special teams is going to be huge this year. 
last year, Husky special teams, uh, as was well documented on this podcast, were 117th out of 130 teams in special teams S&P Plus last year, according to uh, Bill Connolly's stats. Dead last in the conference, although the Oregon schools are pretty close to that number. But still, um, this year, it's got to get better. The return game has to become more explosive or, or produce some sort of field position advantage. Uh, the kicking game has got to get better, especially in key moments. Uh, the punting game has got to be more of a, of a weapon uh, and less of a hindrance uh, than it was. But I think with the experience of, of the punters um, for one more year and also Peyton Henry getting another year of college football under his belt and a little bit of competition from freshman Tim Horn, I do think that there's only <laughs> it can't get any worse. So this is uh, it's going to be better. But how much better can it be that elite level uh, that I think Chris Peterson would expect it to be? Probably not. Um, but can it be top 50 in the in the in the, in the nation? Uh, if so, I think that a lot of these games that we're going to have uh, that are going to be down to the wire can be decided um, and because of the Huskies advantage in special teams. It would really, really be nice to say uh, that the Huskies have an advantage in special teams because that has not been the case for a very long time. Honestly, in that Eastern game, I would give Peyton Henry as many chances to kick a field goal as possible. If there's any sort of fourth and four situation or fourth and one on the 20, kick it. I would not be upset if Peyton Henry walks out of that Eastern game with five field goal attempts just to get him ready to go because that Cal game is going to demand it uh, the following week and how, how low scoring that game will probably be. Third down from the 30 against Eastern, why not have, have Peyton Henry pull up um, just to get that, that long kick, get some real experience? Kind of serious uh, because I do think that, that um, it's going to be something we talk about all season for better or for worse um, as we have the last couple of years. Um, games like the Arizona State game two years ago, uh, obviously the Oregon game last year come down to one field goal uh, missed or made, and, and that's a whole different game. Um, so this is an important part of it just from the kicking aspect, but everything has to get better as I started talking about there. Also want to talk about Junior Adams, right? So Junior Adams uh, was brought in to replace a receivers coach in Matt Lubick. Nothing against Matt Lubick, never met the guy. Uh, but I do think it's telling that Matt Lubick left the UW football program uh, to uh, because he decided his skills were better suited to uh, to help Canvas Credit Union oversee its partnership with Colorado State. Not for nothing, but I think they needed a guy who wanted to be there, uh, wanted to to really bring some energy to this. And Lauren even spoke to that energy piece of, of him bringing so much to that team. Um, Chris Peterson has talked about how he's a guy that he can just you know get along with, and I think that alone is is a is a boost considering who he's taking over for. However, I also think that the the track record speaks for itself. Cooper Cup is is vocal in saying that Junior Adams had a really, really positive effect on his career uh, while at Eastern. And I think, honestly, if I could look into the future right now, when I wasn't allowed to look at any box scores or anything, but I wanted to know how this year's team did, and I could only look for, for kind of one press clipping or something like that, I would look at whether Junior Adams' name was coming up in offensive coordinator positions. I think there's enough momentum around this guy, enough positive quotes that came out when the Huskies hired him. Um, then I think this is someone who has a future as a as a, at least an offensive coordinator, if not a head coach in college football. And if that process gets started after this season, that means everything kind of worked out. Um, so he has a lot of raw materials to work with in the receivers room at UW. I think that, that Aaron Fuller, McClatcher, Quentin Pounds, uh, Terrell Bynum, 
you know, Ty Jones, obviously, Andre Bocelli. These are very, very accomplished or not accomplished, but I would say, um, you know, promising players that the Huskies have uh, to throw to put the Hunter Bryant even in that mix. I'm sure that he works with him. Uh, so if he can take those raw materials and, and, and turn it into a productive offense and really uh, launch this passing game into that explosive play zone that we all want to see, I think that uh, he's going to be a hot commodity come next year. Last point here, I think ultimately that that game in Palo Alto at Stanford is going to be the biggest game of this year. Utah is going to win the South with or without a win against UW this season. Uh, the South is just, we saw we saw Arizona uh, in weeks here against Hawaii. It just has a lot of faults. I think Arizona State and U- USC have, have maybe a shot to uh, to contend down there. Um, UCLA is, is a, a program on the rise, but it's just not there yet. Utah is going to run away with the South. That being said, I think Stanford is in the driver's seat in the North if they beat UW because they host Oregon. They host uh, Washington, obviously. They also host Cal in the big game at the end of the season, and they don't play Utah. So uh, Stanford's tough non-conference schedule has nothing to do with whether or not they'll represent the Pac-12 North in the uh, in the conference championship game. So we might have to give Stanford their only loss of the season uh, when we play them, uh, like I said, in Palo Alto. It's going to be a huge game. Stanford was very close to getting it done uh, last year in Seattle. Uh, KJ Costello is a very, very underrated passer. Uh, their passing game is going to take a hit for sure without JJ Arcega Whiteside. Uh, Bryce Love is, is obviously gone. Uh, so they're, they're going to be scrambling a little bit at the beginning to, to get up with that. But, um, uh, Costello has proven that he can, he can sling it with anybody. Um, and then we have not beat the Husky or the Huskies have not beat Stanford in Palo Alto since 2007, uh, back when Jake Locker and Lewis Rankin, uh, we're in the backfield. So it's it's been a while. It's a tough place to play for whatever reason. Uh, not an avid bunch of fans by any means, but uh, for, for just some strange, dark reason, it's just been a tough, tough monkey for, for the Huskies to get off their back. Um, obviously got to get it done there on their own. However, uh, the Washington State Cougars might have to give the Huskies some help with some Pullman magic uh, when they host Stanford on uh, November 16th. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Excited for this year. Uh, a lot of change uh, from from these kind of institutions that we've seen over the last four years with Miles Gaskin and Jake Browning, uh, Ben Burkirvin, things like that, Taylor Rapp, just names that we got really, really used to, um, and they're all gone all at once. So this will be a fun learning experience for for the Husky fans to see what they have uh, with some of these new, new guys, uh, and I'm excited for it. I will see y'all at the USC game. I'll be there. I had to change some some plans from my original uh, Oregon plan uh, due to work. Uh, however, that uh, that USC game is is looking right, so I'll be there for the Adidas launch party. Uh, even though Adidas is already launched, so I don't really know how that's going to go. Uh, but can't wait and uh, go dogs. <laughs>